how you learn something is as if not more important than what you learn. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Director of Marketing. Our goal here is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. So Andrew, I thought today would be a good day to talk about the topic of study skills. And I have a reason for this. One is that I was a teacher, as you know, I taught uh, first and second grade. I actually started my stint teaching in the junior high grade levels. And I just said, get me out of these. (laughs) It's just, I was very young. And when you're really close in age to the students that you teach, it can be a problem. So I, they quickly moved me over to first and second grade, which I loved. But then as I had my own children and decided to homeschool, and as they got older into those teen years, things like time management, things like how to take notes, all these skills were something I knew how to do perhaps because I was in school and they weren't, but I wanted to teach them. So the way I taught them was how I often taught when I was homeschooling teens, which is I got a big group together and taught them. And so year after year at Biola University, when I was working there, I taught an all-day study skills seminar. How about that? Did you know that? I remember that. Yeah. And you did a conference talk a few times. Yes, on on study skills. Study skills. Yep, time management. And of course, we have kids around here, Mm -hmm. some of whom have better time management and study (laughs) skills than others. It's true. And we have our special guest. Yes. And so what I was going to say to that, although this is something that I enjoy personally doing, it's not, I wouldn't call myself the expert, but we have our guest who is the expert, and maybe you could introduce her. Well, it's Susan Eisen. She is the author of the Victus Study Skills System from, you live in Memphis. We live in Memphis. Memphis, Tennessee. But you don't have a deep south drawl. Have you trained that out of yourself? Well, it may be because you're from Oklahoma. (laughs) It may be. And Susan, we met, I don't know, must be coming on five, six years now. Probably so, yeah. At a homeschool conference. Right. I was immediately attracted to your material. And at that time, I had teenagers in the worst of the disorganized age period. I think, well, one was a teenager and one was almost to become one. And I thought, this is what I need. And like you, Julie, I discovered the best way to teach my own children something is to get a little class and teach it to everyone. That, of course, makes you more organized, more accountable, and nicer. (laughs) Exactly. So I did that and got a box of books from you and taught through. And I think during that time, you were learning a little more about what we do at IEW, and you were working on some new products as well. And I was very excited with the results, and that group of kids got that little boost, well, most of them, that they needed. 
and we met one of them today at lunch. You're visiting our headquarters here in eastern Oklahoma. She's now a senior in high school and very cute. She said, it helped me so much. I use those ideas still. That must be very gratifying to you. It is. It's great. It was really, it's always encouraging when we have one of our students come back or one of the parents come back and say, what my child learned in your class has affected them for the rest of their lives. You go, that's what it's all about. You want to be able to do that. Yeah. And uh, over the years, we've had conversations and uh, little snippets of conversations. I don't think we've ever had as leisurely a one as today, but so much overlap between what we do. One thing that came right to the surface is, what's kids' number one problem about writing assignments? Procrastination. There's only one way to overcome procrastination. Plan. Time management. Have a path. Have a system. Have a method. And that's something that has to be learned. I don't think a lot of people just come into adulthood as highly organized, efficient, productive people. Maybe a few. (laughs) But I think all of us have to learn that along the way. We do. We do. So the other area, and and I thought maybe we could start and talk a little bit about this because we touched on it at lunch, and I think it's so critical for people today. And that is listening skills. Mm. Our tagline here at IEW is listen, speak, read, write, think. People want to jump right into the writing and thinking business. But what we're all about is helping them realize that the foundation actually is in that listening. And everything stems from that. So tell us a little bit about kind of the overview of your approach to teaching study skills and especially what you do to help students learn to listen better. Because so many of them are, what, in this chaotic world of noise and electronic devices and constant distraction. And I, I mean, I literally see teenagers who can't do one thing for five minutes and not get distracted and have to check their device or something. So tell us a little bit about your whole program, and then tell me about the listening aspect. We'll go from there. Okay, well, the whole program actually began sort of the same kind of thing you both are talking about is we have kids and they don't know how to do these particular skills, whatever they might be, whether it's listening or note-taking or taking a test or whatever it is, they don't know how to do it. And way back in the 70s, I had a group of tutors and we were tutoring students in academics. And what we found out when we'd get back together and talk about how things were going is the tutors would say, you know, it's not that the kids don't know how to study or or they don't understand history. They don't know how to study history. They don't know how to take history notes. They don't know how to listen to their teacher. It's not so much history that's the problem. It's all of these skills that are missing. So we just kind of started trying to find a study skills course that we could begin to teach. There wasn't one. We looked all over the country. We couldn't find one. We finally found a little booklet that we liked. And over the years, we added to it. And then we began to integrate strategic planning into that. So it kind of became a model that was very unique. And we call it the Victus Study Skills System because it is a system of learning. So it all comes to from there's a great proverb that I love. It says, zeal without knowledge is not good. And what happens is that the kids want to do well. They really want to. They have the desire, but they don't know how. So you tell a kid, go listen better. Well, you need to go back and study that better. You need to go do this better. Study harder. You'll do better. 
What does that mean to a kid? What does a kid do if somebody says to you, go study harder, (laughs) go listen? I know some people who think the way you study is you stare at something for a long enough time. And then you magically learn it. That's exactly right. You sit down with your book, and you have been there for one hour, so certainly you have been studying, right? (laughs) And then when that doesn't work. (laughs) Or you know how to look at the teacher when the teacher's talking, Mm -hmm. or you're being homeschooled, and you know how to look at your mom or your dad or whoever's teaching. You know how to make all the right facial expressions. You nod (laughs) at the right time. Does that mean you're you're listening? Mm -hmm. No. So we need to teach kids how to just do that basic skill, whatever it might be, whether it's listening, taking notes, taking a test. All of those are what we call basic study skills. I love that you mentioned strategic planning because that, of course, working here at IEW, helping run a business, so to speak, that's a big part of business too. So it's not just helping students in academics. It's actually, (laughs) I'm, I'm kind of putting my doing air quotes here. It's helping students preparing them for the, quote, real world of of business is strategic planning. Because whether you're running a household or running a business, you need to have some skills in strategic planning. We have on our website, in our victusstudyskillsystem.org website, we have the video of a student, and he is saying almost that exact same thing. He said that he he was an eighth grader, and he had gone home, and he told his dad what he was learning, that he was learning about goal setting and time management and Mm -hmm. writing objectives and action plans. And his dad said, you know, that's what I have to teach to my employees. You know, they don't even know how to do it when they're adults. So you're exactly right. And that's one of the critical pieces that makes, I think, our program so unique. Victus means way of life. And we are trying to teach kids skills that I can use at my stage of life, your children can use at, at the stage of life they're in. So they learn, it's three basic foundational cornerstones. Where are you now? And that's where the the concept is based on the verse in the Bible that says the leaders of Issachar understood the times and they knew what to do. So we have to have a clear understanding of the times right now in order to know what to do. So that's a concept. We're teaching them a concept that will affect them for the rest of their lives. So you want to play tennis. Well, where are you now in tennis? You want to fly an airplane. Where are you now in that? And you've got to be honest about it. We really stress the importance of being honest in that. So then how do you apply that in school? They do a study skills checklist and they do a learning styles inventory. And what's really so cute in the study skills checklist is that the kids are honest. If you say, do you do your homework? seldom or often or never. They'll say never. They'll say that's true. (laughs) They just don't mind being honest because you've given them this little pep talk. And so then they they deal with that part, the where are you now, and then they move into where do you want to be. And that's where they actually have to write a mission statement and they write goals and priorities, try to define those. Because we don't want, even in our own lives, we don't want to be ruled by the tyranny of the urgent. We want to go, this is most important. I need to let my life show that. And then, so you got where are you now, where do you want to be, and then how do you get there is where you close that gap and you teach the basic study skills. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. Yes, I remember when I saw your book, I was immediately attracted because of the title Victus, and I had just started teaching Latin at that time. There's two words that are a little confusing for some Latin students. One is vinco vincere vici victus, where the fourth principal part is victus, meaning to conquer or to have victory, and vivo, vivere, vixi, victus, which means to live or to thrive. And I thought, she's got the fourth principal part 
of a verb to live and to conquer. She must be brilliant. <laughs> and I think I even ask you, did you do that on purpose? <laughs> but I think that whole concept of this is something that is teachable, is right. practicable, is learnable. And it's one of those things you take out, say, if you do it in middle school, and it serves you your whole life. I, I've often said, and you, Julie, you've heard me say, how you learn something is as if not more important than what you learn. We can learn stuff and use it or forget it, but it's how we learn that develops our cognitive processes and the way we then go into life and business and whatnot. And I think, too, a thing that, and I'm sure you find this when you teach writing, the kids procrastinate, as you said, over and over and over. Well, part of the reason they do that is, I think, because they feel no confidence in what they're doing. We teach them the principles, and then they begin to go, oh, there is a way to write and I know that way now. Mm-hmm. So I'm not as apt, because a lot of procrastination is just due to wanting to be perfect. And so we give them the skills to do these things, and they're not as reluctant. Their confidence builds, and you just see them go, wow, I can do this thing. I can write this paper, or I can take this test. And giving them those skills makes such a difference. Yes. Yeah, so you began by teaching this mainly to middle school students. Is that correct? We sure did. And that seems to be that age 11, 12 years old, where that paper management, time management, just having the habit of using things like checklists and schedules makes all the difference between a 12-year-old who's like a little child and a 12-year-old who's more like an adult. And so that was your, your first niche, your first product. And your course is designed to last how long? How many lessons or weeks? It's five one-hour sessions, but people can make it last a lot longer if they want. And it's, of course, better if they do because the key is you want to reinforce. But the actual teacher edition allows for five one-hour sessions. Okay, so it's very manageable. Yep. And then, of course, practicing those things to make them habit. Right. And then you expanded, and you have some more range for younger and older. Is that right? Right. Well, what we found out is that we have this middle school group, and then even some of those middle school kids couldn't get it. I mean, they... We were using terminology and just concepts that were just a little too sophisticated for them. So we had requests to develop something a little bit lower level. So we developed our elementary program, which is more for like two through fourth, fifth, something like that, just depending on the kid. Each Mm -hmm. kid's different. Mm -hmm. But it's just a little bit lower level, but the same concepts, Mm -hmm. just at a different level. Then we had people saying, but we really want you know, our little bitty people to get it. We want first graders and second graders to get it. So we designed a primary program. So then we went primary, elementary, middle school. Then we had a particular friend sitting across the table from me who said, (laughs) we need something for college. And so with input from you and others, we designed a program for 11th, 12th graders college, where it's, again, the same 10 lessons, same skills, just at a different level. Right. And that's kind of what we do, too. You know, people say, well, you know, what, what do you do for an eighth grader? And what I say, basically, is I teach the same thing to everyone, whether they're in second grade or graduate school. What differs is the sophistication of the source text, the vocabulary, and the speed of introducing the new concepts. So what's worth learning at any grade is worth learning at 
all the grades well, if you can teach thing? it in the right way. That's saying repetition is the mother of skill. Yes. You know, and that's what we're doing is repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, so that it does become a skill, it becomes a habit, then it becomes a way of life. Yeah, I believe it's the, the Jesuit order's motto, repetitio mater studiorum. Ooh. Repetition is the mother of learning. And so, yes, then you also were teaching these classes at home in your own town and then traveling a bit and doing kind of live facilitation? Right, and we had some different partners in different cities also doing the same thing, and, you know, they would use the same materials, but it was just us, the people involved in my business. We were the teachers, and we had our little typed-out teacher's guide, and then we went into the next step where now anybody can teach it. Because you have it on video. Yeah, we have it on video, and we have a teacher edition, so mm-hmm. you've got the whole deal there. If you if you decide you want to teach it, you take the video, you take the teacher's edition, just like you did. Yep. And, you just and I did it, it and, and it, it worked very it. well. I, I need to do it again soon for this next wave of 10-year-olds. So our business is kind of parallel in that they, you were out teaching it, you produced the materials, and then you created the videos so you could duplicate yourself which is what I did was I, I realized I, I can't be everywhere all at once. Right. And if we will expand the influence of our work, and, and I know that's where your heart is. It's more a ministry than a business for you, I it think. Is. Well, I think we're both saying the same thing, that we see things in our culture now that we don't want to continue in that trend. We want kids to have a lot of the things that are lost. I mean, like things we've heard often, the lost tools of learning. I mean, we go back to things that Dorothy Sayers said a lot. It's that same kind of idea. We've lost those. As I was sharing with you earlier at lunch, a reader from my great-grandmother in the fifth grade and the people that she was reading in the fifth grade. Our, our fifth graders never even heard of these people. Sure. You know, And so we've got to recover some of that in order to make a difference in our culture. I mean, I think that's what it's about. It's not just it's not just a something to do. It is a mission. Yes. Now, you've done a lot of work with schools. Yes. Public schools, private schools. And you mentioned to me that it's a pretty easy sell, yeah. that as soon as administrators see this, they know we need this. Absolutely. But since, the, since then, you've moved to have a greater interest in the homeschool market as well. How did that come about that you even found out about homeschooling? Well, it's real interesting. My daughter had been homeschooling and we had gone to a couple of conventions and I would help her pick out materials. And I'd been trying to figure out what to do with my study skills program to get it out there in the world. And so she and I had gone to a convention in Memphis and the year before and we had helped select her products. Well, the next fall I got a email from that homeschool convention group and asking us to just come back, you know, sign up again, come back again. I thought, you know, what if I just contact them and see if they would like to have our products there? Well, I didn't have a product at that time. Oh. <laughs> except what we used. And so I contacted her, a great lady. She's still, we're still friends. And she said, yeah, it's uh, October and we're having our convention here in April. You're welcome to have a booth. And I went, okay, great. Well, I mean, I just went crazy for those next few months. And we ended up, I mean, God just brought the right people together. We had a designer, we had a, we had an editor, we had all these fabulous people just pull together right at the right time. And we ended up having a product. And so that's how it went from just being my little group to 
now anybody. What year was that? Do you remember? That four years ago. Four years ago. Okay. Yeah. So I must have met you right around you that time. You met me when I first started. That the very, was the convention. The very first one. That was okay. my first convention. Wow. When my computer would not work or anything, and I had to get people to help me to do my, I mean, I was not doing great, but somehow <laughs> it worked. <laughs> And you pretty much, this is a, a home business you run yes. with your husband, Mickey, who's here with us. Right. And you now are seeing such rapidly growing interest. Right. You're wondering where to go with it. You're exactly right. That's well, a good problem to have. I would commend you on the design and the layout. I found it very attractive, easy to use. Clearly, it was created by someone who understands children that age. Well, and having taught... Every grade, because I have, I've taught every grade. And so I've put my hands on every kind of teacher's manual you can imagine. And I thought, I want this to be something anybody can use and it and it makes sense. It's logical. And so that's why I just wanted it to be easy to use for folks. Yeah, it, I'm surprised there isn't anything out there that I've seen that's really comparable to what you've got. Maybe people classify study skills as college curriculum or something. I know I came across, as I was starting to teach that class, I did some Googling and I found some YouTubes and there were some college teachers teaching junior college students, adults, often older adults, exactly the same things that were in your book. And I thought, wow, that's kind of interesting. Maybe people just don't realize that they can start at, at a young age. Right. Or, or it, you know, maybe it's, it's kind of one of those things where you figure, well, they'll just pick it up. They'll absorb it by being in school or being in class. They'll absorb it from parents' osmosis. I don't think that happens too often. Well, and often we'll be at a workshop and we'll have a group of parents or teachers or both. How many of you have ever taken a study skills class? Rarely does a hand go up. Because most people are never taught, and that's what made us decide this needed to happen. And not only that, to have a system of study, because for a long time we taught it not the way it's being taught now. We just had those skills, just note-taking, this, this, this. Now it's a system where the kids feel uncomfortable where they are now Mm -hmm. because this is where they want to be, and they've got to figure out how to close that gap from where they are now to where they want to be because they're uncomfortable with, oh, I don't ever do my homework. You've got to create that sense of discomfort Mm -hmm. for them to want to learn how to take notes or read for information. And so that's part of what happens. I often say that teaching and sales is essentially the same job. It's hurt and rescue. (laughs) So, you know, your your (laughs) approach fits in very well. I remember when the kids did the self-assessment and kept a little log of how they spent their time, mm-hmm. how they were really very shocked at how much time they used doing things like eating snacks. Well, when I, I think I mentioned that I did strategic planning consulting for a long time, and Peter Drucker, who's a business consultant from long ago, would <laughs> get executives to do a thing he called an executive audit. So I would do this with CEOs of companies, and they say, I don't need to do that. And I said, yeah, you just keep track of what you do for three days. Keep track of it. And these are people who have already achieved a high level, but they look at their day and they go, no wonder I don't get anything done. Right. So it, yep. we need to learn this while we're young. So, Susan, you told us that you start with asking the question, where are you? Mm-hmm. And they do an honest assessment. And then you ask them where they would like to be. Again, an honest assessment. 
perhaps you encourage them to dream big. Absolutely. And then there's that gap. There's that tension. How do you fill in that gap? What are some of the skills that you're actually teaching the students? Okay. They do learn a method of reading so that we tell them, okay, I want you to read these two pages the way you normally read it. Then they read it. Then we say, you're never going to read that way again. Hmm. We're going to show you a process for reading. So then we show them the process. We teach them actual, there are steps in reading. You don't have to just, you don't just pick up page 22 and read to page 33. There is a way to read. So we teach them that. We teach them how to take notes, not only from written material, but from a lecture. So I'm listening and how do I take notes? Do I, I mean, you look at a fifth grader's notes, they're going to try to write down everything a person says. And so you've got to teach them how, how do I take notes? Listening. How do you listen? What do you do when you listen? How do you know when somebody's really listening to you? You need to be doing the same thing. So teaching them steps for listening. How do you take a test? Kids, so many kids are petrified to take tests. They're just so scared. And you go, you know, all these are just people that wrote these tests. Even if it's a standardized test, it's not somebody you need to be scared of. It's a person. And there is a way to take this kind of test. So you tell them how to take each kind of test. So those are some of the main ones that we teach. Great. And I, I assume that a big part of this is time management. Well, that's huge. Prioritizing your tasks. Right. Even having a checklist, which we're big right. fans of checklists around right. here so yeah. yeah you move from like when they set their goals because they'll learn how to let's say they say a goal is school and under that goal of school they'll have a subject of history then they'll write an actual objective to increase my grade from blank to blank by such and such a mm-hmm. date and then they have to write an action plan so what are the steps that i've got to take then you take those steps which have got dates on them and you plug them into your calendar and now we have a planner also that we have developed so they can take all of that that they have done here in their workbook and now they put it in their planner so there's daily reinforcement and they go okay so i'm doing this thing to achieve this goal i'm not just randomly doing this thing it is for a purpose and that goal is to help me achieve my mission now, as, as you're describing this, I, I'm looking at your materials. They're in front of me right now, and they're actually paper. And I can't help but think, sorry, I'm going to say this, boss, but I can't help but think this wouldn't be too hard to turn this into an app. But I do love the fact that it's on paper and that as they're learning this, they're learning putting pen to paper and just getting really into it that way. Well, and I think we all, we all experience how easy it is to jump from app to app to app to YouTube to Facebook to Instagram to my weak point Scrabble. To, <laughs> so if you try to do this with kids in, of school age on a screen, I think it's much more dangerous. Whereas mm-hmm. if you can just, no screens, mm-hmm. open the book, read, think, talk, write, it's going to absorb so much more effectively. Now, I do believe that perhaps, Susan, you will find that there's a worldwide market for this because I know that there's interest in all around the world, from India to China to South Africa to Brazil, in both the homeschool and the school market to teach these types of things that are not well-taught writing and study skills. So perhaps it would become an ebook rather than an app, mm-hmm. or maybe you develop an app for college students. Although, and I we think- do actually ship orders all over the world. We've had we've had people request it from 
more countries than I can tell you right That's now. Exciting, That's exciting, isn't it? It is yeah. really exciting. Okay, so I'm sure that many of our listeners would love to see your website, and I think you have sample pages, sample lessons we people sure can do. look at. So what is the website? Studyskillsystem.org is what you would actually type in. But if you type in Victus Study Skills System, it will still come up. Victus, V-I-C-T-U-S, the fourth principal part of two Latin verbs meaning to conquer and to live, to thrive. So, well, I wish we had more time, but these podcasts just fly by. It's been a delight to speak with you. And, of course, I'm sure if people have questions, they can contact you directly through the website. And I just personally would encourage everyone, whether you are teaching in a classroom, homeschool co-ops, this is perfect for that kind of situation, or just a couple, two, three, four, or ten of your own children, however many, I would strongly encourage you to look into this because, yes, you might be able to figure out how to teach this on your own. That, Honestly, that's kind of what I thought. <laughs> but when I saw I didn't have to do it because you had already done such a beautiful job. Well, I was very excited. So, Well, and I'll throw in this one thought, too. We have had innumerable parents say it's changed their own lives mm-hmm. because they've learned how to become better at time management, organizing, setting priorities. So it has that, which helps you parents, too. And it's, it's so much easier to learn something by teaching it. Yeah. Then you don't have to admit that you were weak in those areas and needed to learn it. Good point. (laughs) Well, it's been fun. Thanks so much for coming and visiting us here out in the end of the road. And for those of you who've never been, this is a fabulous place. (laughs) So I'm just going to mention that website again, just so that in case you can't find our show notes, it's studyskillssystem.org. And Susan, thank you again for joining us and helping our families learn the fine art or maybe deepen their skills in study skills. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. Or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcast. Until then, on behalf of Andrew Poudois and the team at IEW, I thank you for the privilege of allowing us to partner with you on this educational journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking.